This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I'm bringing you the Trans Performer of the Year. Emma Rose is in the building. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> I, I watched you go up and uh, win the award when we were at the AVN uh, Awards. And also we spoke briefly on camera for some TikTok type content. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you mentioned that you'd be down to come on the podcast. And I was like, you know what? I am interested. <laughs> I want to know what makes you tick. Let's go. <laughs> is that okay uh, yeah of course of course i'm here for a good time not a long time <laughs> cool so um you're from where i'm from florida originally actually grew up on a farm a farm uh, in florida yeah in oh, the middle okay. of nowhere so like between tampa and orlando like polk county and you would never believe that there's just farms <laughs> really okay yeah but um i went to college out there my marketing degree and i went between a marketing and shipping marketing and shipping shipping always made more money uh and then a director kept on bugging me and bugging me like shoot with me shoot with me and i'm like no 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 finally um in 2020 i decided to finally shoot for porn that's how i got into the industry <laughs> wow and so how old are you uh i turned 27 next month oh okay she's still pretty young okay yeah. interesting so all right so at what point did you decide that you were going to transition? Like, were you what, what were you identifying as throughout most of your life? Yeah. Um, so I transitioned at 21. Okay. Um, in the middle of my semester of college, that was my senior year. One day, I was like, uh, I went through therapy and everything during this time, but like, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't so tell you, any of my teachers. How, how do you do that? You go to what, like, the nurse or like some kind of counselor <laughs> or something, and you're like, listen, this is how I'm feeling, and yeah. then they make you like stew with it and just think about it for a well, while. Um, I know that when I transitioned, there was a lot of more rules and like mm. regulations. I feel like so I had to live um, as my preferred gender for a year. Um, talk to a therapist literally every week and like they wouldn't just give you hormones mm. uh, so I had to like literally t check in how I'm feeling how everything's going and then after a year of living as my uh, gender then they give you hormones mm -hmm. so it's not like over overnight and then on top of that they don't give you the dose that you want so they just start you off so slow like two milligrams of estrogen a day without any, any testosterone blockers and then they build up from there but that was seven years ago but does this send a ton of people to the black market because i've done steroids before so i could tell you <laughs> where to get all that shit you know uh, 
And I'm talking about like a long ass yeah. time ago, but I know bodybuilder dudes who could tell you exactly where to go yeah. in Beverly Hills if you oh, want to get whatever sure. you need. For yeah. Sure. Uh, I think that some girls choose black market, but um, as long as you're getting your levels tested and like going to an endocrinologist, I think that's fine. Right. Wow. Okay. So would you say that you're somebody who had been thinking about this since like as soon as you could think about anything or when did it start to pop up in your so, brain? Um, it's so I've never even met anyone who was trans until I was 19. So yeah. throughout my whole entire life, um, my parents were really Southern and I grew up really Southern. Um, I always saw myself as like either a woman growing up, like I didn't know the word trans. I just knew that I was like, I feel different. I don't feel like, like a gay boy because I also liked girls. Mm. Uh, so I like girls and boys growing up. And so I saw myself as like a wife or as like a businesswoman or just always as a woman. And I thought that was just a normal thing for like, like gay kids. And it wasn't. Mm. Um, and then it wasn't until um, I was 17 that I started like hanging out with more people that from the LGBT community. And then it wasn't until 19 when I met someone who was trans and then it finally clicked. And I was like, okay, this actually makes sense. Really? And did yeah. it click like a hundred percent or was it like, Oh, maybe this is it for me. Like, did it just immediately make perfect sense? It felt like I was talking to somebody that like I knew my whole life mm. because every experience they said was the same, the same, the same. Cause in Florida um, in central Florida, it's pretty repressed and like um, it wasn't really liberal. Um, it's a really probably like red County, I guess. Right. But um, it wasn't anything like today. <laughs> right. Wow. So that's, that's so interesting. Okay. I don't want to like pry too deep. <laughs> no worries. If you had never figured it out mm -hmm. and you had been forced to live your life as a gay man, mm -hmm. how happy do you think that you would have been able to be as a human being? Or do you think it would have been fundamentally like a betrayal of who you are as a person and you would have you, you would have just had to figure it out? You wouldn't have yeah. been able to live that way. I honestly just felt like a part was missing from me. That mm. like it, nothing was right. Like even with, I feel like before my my past life, before I transitioned, I still didn't even like fit in with I guess like gay guys before because it was just it was just off. The energy was off. Um, I always had a feminine energy, even though when I was younger I was very masculine mm. because of my parents and my upbringing. Right. But um, it took a long time to really come to terms with who I was because even after I figured out and like I was like oh I. I'm trans, I was still fighting it because I was like, I do not want to live this life. Like, no one wants to choose to be trans on purpose, I feel like, in my opinion. But um, it really took a lot of battling and also a lot of therapy to really get to where I am today. See, but that's that's what's so interesting is that you hear a lot of people, including, like, I did a trans panel uh, mm -hmm. recently where you have yeah. a lot of people who are pretty, they seem to feel like the trans thing that's kind of going on is a little bit of like a social contagion where mm -hmm. it's like you know even Blair White said I think TikTok has this honestly like popularized yeah. it with a huge chunk of young kids that wouldn't yeah. have got into it otherwise you're you're making it like nobody would choose this which I, I guess I would oh, probably kind of I, I would or like you know that it is it's going to be a massive fucking struggle yeah. for you in life in for general sure. there's a ton of stuff you're going to have to get past before you can have any kind of mm -hmm. semblance of normalcy in your life like what's the balance between those can both of those be true at the same time uh, yeah for sure i mean i love who i am and i wouldn't change it for anything else now mm -hmm. but at the beginning it's not it's not something lighthearted. it's not like oh i'm gonna be trans today you know it takes a lot of work to really love yourself and still have everything around you and i feel like i transitioned back in 2017 and it was still a very different time before tiktok and everything like that this is true, so yeah. um i feel like my experiences are very different than those today mm. but i would say that um 
it's it's a lot of hard work to really um, understand who you are and um, if this is the right thing to do, which I love it. So Yeah, definitely. Can you remember what the first day uh, was like walking outside presenting mm-hmm. as the opposite gender? Like, like what was that like? I, I just am imagining <laughs> in my head as being like the most overwhelming feeling yeah uh i will just say i'm happy that i was passable from the beginning um Mm. so i was always pretty feminine before surgery but um it was nerve-wracking i remember shaking i was sitting down in class like literally the first day that i finally was like okay i'm gonna go out as myself because you're around all these kids that have seen you a hundred times before right yeah they messaged all my all my teachers all my professors and i sat down and I was just like, I just wanted to not cry. Um, but everyone was really nice. Everyone kind of like picked up on the cues just because like I wasn't making like I wasn't trying to just be in their face about it. And as time went on, it was like almost like nothing ever happened. It was supernatural. Definitely. So, OK. And then after you do that, though, you're just kind of living like a totally normal life for however many years uh, uh, for the most part. But before you get into porn. Yeah. So I graduated um, that same semester in 2017. And so I will say that getting a job was really hard um, because I'm a marketing major and it's very face forward. Um, mm. Talking with clients, talking with um, people face to face or businesses. And I looked visibly trans. Mm. So I feel like I miss out on a lot of opportunities that I would have gotten today. That's interesting. Yeah. Because are, are you resentful about that or do you consider it kind of belie- oh, like it understandable? <laughs> because if you're a company that's in, you know, to making sales, yeah. you kind of just have to like pick the person that you think is going to be the most agreeable sure. to your customer, right? Yeah. And something that's going to sell better. Mm. I mean, now today, I feel like it's very different with how companies go. Uh, sometimes visibly trans nowadays is a good thing, mm. but it definitely wasn't the same thing at 2017. So yeah, um, I wouldn't resent it at all, though. Right. No, I had a, a girl, like a porn star on here the other day who had tattoos on her face mm-hmm. and she ha- she does only fans and she told me that uh that she works in corporate for matt cosmetics and that mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck about the fact that she does only fans or whatever i'm like yeah i wouldn't think that would be an issue i guess yeah i just i'm like yeah. i haven't been in the workforce in a long time i feel like i would have thought that <laughs> it would have been a big deal 20 yeah. years ago but i guess oh yeah, I feel yeah. like 20 years ago or anything because like anything before like 2014 or I feel like it was when like porn was starting to come more in the hands of the people. Yeah. But before that, oh yeah, people would be like, no, no more porn, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, but especially being a, a porn person, I don't want to say star, but a porn performer who uh, has a kid, that's when I really realized how many people are out there who absolutely hate porn. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I didn't really like fully understand before that. Yeah, it's a lot because especially when you like kids and just a lot of people that like you don't want people to find out or mm-hmm. like to expose somebody to. It's definitely I can see why like porn shouldn't be so like readily available. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the question is like how readily available should it be? Because I've heard people make the argument that there should be systems online where you have to like have the certain type of login in order oh to God. be like making porn like extremely yeah. difficult to access unless you've like logged in. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't know. Sounds like it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing for society, but I can also off the top of my head think of ten ways that a yeah. little kid could like circumvent that. Exactly. And then oh. also it would undeniably be really bad for the pockets of like pretty much everybody who does it. And I feel like I feel like porn has a lot of catching up to do with regulation in general because they're doing especially OnlyFans with the consent forms and the IDs. They should have done this since day one. So I feel like that's why there's so much havoc and chaos trying to get everything set the way it should have already been set. Mm. Uh, So we're going through like a transitional period of like 
what should be and like what should have already been done <laughs> yeah totally no i mean i remember reading the articles about uh Pornhub on the new york times and stuff and realizing how easy it was for people to just post stuff of girls who are underage yeah. or revenge porn stuff and just being like kind of horrified like mm -hmm. how could you possibly think that you could run a website like this without right. having you know moderators and everything it's like having a club without checking ids <laughs> at the door except there's exactly. it's way worse yeah. yeah fuck okay so had you thought about doing porn in the lead up to actually doing it or did this person just kind of introduce you to it so um i had offers way back before my transition but honestly i was like no i i don't know why i had this like misconception I'm like i'm gonna ruin my life my family's gonna like disown me uh my dad knows what i do he's my best friend all my family knows what i do um they're all very very supportive so um i always like dabbled and like maybe i'll do it, maybe i won't and then i was coming to the end of my shipping career because um I was dancing in and out of clubs, which doing the same thing every day. And so I was going to move to Chelsea in New York and work for Salesforce. Mm. And I was like, let me just give it one time to do this. And after I shot um, in Vegas for my very first scene three years ago, uh, so many companies uh, messaged me. So I shot for Evil Angel and Groovy those first two months. And then COVID hit. So mm. like five months, there's no shooting. And during that time, I'm like, okay, do I want to stay home and just like, do nothing or do i want to move to vegas so i moved to vegas in june of 2020 right and why vegas instead of la i hate la you hate it that much <laughs> i hate la at first i thought i was going to be a stepping stone but i love vegas so much um it reminds me of like tampa with no water like if you take the strip out it's a very like medium city yeah uh so everyone the circles are pretty small flat uh, spread out just not a lot going on yeah, not a lot to look at <laughs> I, I feel love you. that. There's part of me that is like, damn, it would be nice to be able to live out there. Yeah, yeah, it is really nice. Plus, I just bought a house that's so like super peaceful and there's right. like nobody around me, so it's great. No, yeah, I mean the house that we rented during AVNs is like mm -hmm. probably four times bigger than my house, yeah. and it's like a third of the price. And I'm just like, damn. I know it's so cheap. There. I love it. Yeah. No taxes. <laughs> the crazy world. But so, uh, so were you, you were just like super in demand as soon as you started shooting, or? Uh, surprisingly, I really think that. Because COVID hit, there wasn't a lot of models going into porn, and mm -hmm. a lot of them were going out of porn. So um, I started shooting regu regularly. And uh, July of 2020, uh, for Gender X and all these other trans films, and just started like scene after scene after scene. And then Trans Angels, they're the sister company of Browsers. I was a contract star my very first year, for like nine months. Um, so I was just on fire. <laughs> really? Wow. So. How thriving would you say that the trans porn world is in comparison to regular porn or whatever? Like, is it is there like a lot of talent that people are like really excited about, or do you sometimes look at it and you're like, ah, it's like we need more? Um, I think that's very niche. Okay. Um, but the girls, they definitely blow up faster. I feel like than cis models, just because the pool is smaller mm. and um, the fan base is very much more, um, I would say, loyal. Mm. Um, because like they've they've known me since 2019, and pretty much all of the girls, they really keep up with everybody. Um, but I would say that in comparison to um, cis girls, I think that also our careers last longer because there's less of a turnover rate. Mm. Interesting. Less of a turnover rate, right? Just because there's like less of like a new crop of like hot young yeah. chicks coming in. I accept the new the new trans girls coming in are fucking hot. So really? Because they've been on. <laughs> they fucking, get hotter and hotter every year. Because they've like, been Jesus. a hormone since they were younger and younger, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Damn, that's interesting. Yeah. It's going to get like sports <laughs> where it's like the earlier yeah, you get into been, it, the better you are at it. There's a lot of really hot girls coming into the industry now, so that's wow. great. <laughs> interesting. All right, so like, how does all that lead to you winning Performer of the Year? Was that a surprise or like... This year... Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to do my own horn. So you were nominated like, the year I before. I had to win. I was like, I was working so hard for this award all year. Uh-huh. Um, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so after my contract, um, I shot for browsers. Angela Angela White was my very first scene for them. It was amazing. Wow. And that was my first girl-girl girl, scene. And so then I just started shooting with all of these girls back-to-back. I feel like I shoot with more girls now than guys. Really? Uh, yeah. The scenes are better. <laughs> it's better or is it more profitable? Uh, actually, guy-girl scenes are more profitable like on OnlyFans. Okay. But girls, are, I feel like, are easy to work with. And I'm a big, like lesbian deep down so right. I love it um, I remember I asked you to, I wanted to shoot with Lena for you with Plug Talk maybe yeah but um, yeah I started shooting with a lot of girls and then um, three of my best scenes that were nominated for Expos were all lesbian scenes really but um, also I shot for Dorsal which is a French site I was the very first trans girl on there and then I have three scenes with Brazzers so um, afterwards I feel like I just really put in the work this year wow. Thank- thankfully yeah so how'd you feel when you went up there and, and won <laughs> shaking oh my god my hands are like this i was like so scared and then i was walking and all i could think about is like don't stutter don't trip um and so i practiced my speech in my head um and a lot of people said my speech was really good and i called out some of like the managers and studios that said like trans isn't profitable Mm. um just because especially nowadays even on TikTok, you can just see trans is everything. Uh, as much as like I hate that it's the middle of every conversation, it is very profitable, which is also good for my pockets. <laughs> Interesting. So you've you've had like major adult corporations just basically put that narrative out there to you, is that they're just not like they don't feel like it's. Mm-hmm. worth them putting their time into yeah and i understand that like um you know your business better than anybody so if like if it's not gonna sell i understand why you wouldn't want to take a chance but also uh don't come running if like you see the chance later on mm. uh, i had a company that um as soon as i said that after my um award they offered me um uh, to be signed and i declined it because i'm like it's just not the direction i want to go in it's interesting because I could kind of see two different worlds and one in which, you know, browsers and Vixen and everybody has like their own trans imprints versus like another world in which 
other studios kind of emerge that specialize in this kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And do you, like, which one do you think is like ultimately probably going to be better? Probably no matter what, there's gonna, if it's if there's real money to be made, there's going to be competition between all of them, for right? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and that's ultimately good for you. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I talked to my director before, and he's like, "Well, like Gamma Films and Mind <clears throat> Geek, they all have the trans lines." Um, such as like Gender X and stuff instead of like Devil's Film. But um, I feel like I'm always pushing the envelope because I'm like, I, wanna, I don't even want to work with a guy for these studios. I, I don't mind working with like for Vixen Media Group with a girl mm. or in a threesome where we like tag team a girl. That's totally fine because then um, I feel like it relieves that burden <laughs> off the guy if he's feeling uncomfortable. Uh, and even like so many girls want to work with me, even though their managers say like, oh, she doesn't do trans content. When she's next to me saying, I want to shoot with you so bad. Is that a thing? Uh, it's a big thing. Really? <laughs> so yeah. there's like certain girls that you know are cool with it and others that you kind of know aren't cool well, with it? Well, the managers really are the ones saying like, oh, like she's not cool with it. But like meanwhile, like she is mm. um, because they're trying to steer her away from trans content or like buy content because there's a lot of transphobia and homophobia and porn. And I understand that we are in like a turning point. Like, um, I think five years ago, if you shot with a trans girl, you've been blacklisted. Mm. So it is very, it's like a gray area where we're going through right now. But yeah, I remember girls saying shit about like, I won't shoot with this guy because he's done bisexual porn or gay porn or whatever. Yeah. And like having them get torn to shreds for it. Yeah. But <laughs> that was kind of like a reminder of like, oh, like that is probably not a safe yeah. opinion to throw out there. Yeah. Yeah, um, I understand people's boundaries and their limitations, their yeses or no's, and I respect that. Mm. But um, I understand how some people can be um, mad at it. Right, definitely. So from my time spent skimming your Twitter, mm -hmm. you're exclusively a bottom no. I take it. No, no? God, oh, okay, I saw okay. many topping. Do you see any of my topping videos? There's so many. <laughs> I guess I just stroll down and off. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, I have so many. I have a lot of topping videos. So you can do both. <laughs> but are there a lot of people who do one or the other? Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of girls who bought them. Um, I went through like the biggest topping phase. Like I was like, uh. Hopping is topping. Bounce, topping. topping. Okay. Because like, sometimes like I don't want to get prepped. I don't want things in my asshole. I'm just like it's it's a lot of it hurts. Right. <laughs> because as much as like some girls like the pain, I don't really like the pain unless I'm in the mood. Yeah, because like me and my girl, we uh, mm -hmm. I love doing anal with her, <laughs> but I just realized that it's just not like an everyday thing. Yeah. You know? And like especially once you've done porn on. and you kind of really yeah. realize what could go into it if you really wanted to wanted to go about it the yeah. right way so yeah it's like i jerk off to anal porn all the time but pov anal is my favorite so i feel yeah mm, yeah okay <laughs> but then like i don't really like almost ever like push her to do it yeah like, she like brought it up if i came home and she had a butt plug in we're probably gonna like, do uh, it but i'm not gonna like <laughs> hey tonight are we doing it you yeah, know like i just doesn't really sure. yeah because i just know how much work goes There's into a lot it. of work it's a lot of like it's not even just prepping it's like diets everything but also i feel like when i was younger i used to be like super like bottom only but now i'm like i'm getting older <laughs> like sure fucks me up you're just growing up <laughs> Plus, it's like nice to top. It's like a, it's the same thing. So right. When I was doing the uh, that trans panel I mentioned, there was a quote that somebody said most trans people get into sex work, mm. and I was very surprised to hear everybody at the table agree with that. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I guess it's probably pretty in demand, and it's not necessarily easy for people to make it happen for free in their personal life. So I guess it kind yeah. of makes sense. Uh, would you agree with that? And do you think that that's like normal or natural? I wouldn't say most. I would say many. 
um, because there are so many like older trans women um, that aren't of like prime age to do sex work. Um, and then also, um, I feel like a lot of trans, I don't know anything really about trans men and the statistics on that, but I, I don't think that a lot of trans men get into sex work. I think that might be trans women, mm -hmm. but don't quote me on I that. I think you're probably uh, mostly right. But yeah. I feel like, I feel like they would say that just because of like what, what they know around them, but I don't know the, stati the statistics, right. but, um, in my experience, even with everything with my career education, um, I would always just make more money and be more available doing sex work um, than staying in with a marketing firm. Mm. Yeah, so how do you feel about that, like doing porn for a living versus like having a more normal career? Like, is it just like way better in every <laughs> way to you or is there a sense in which it feels a little bit less fulfilling? Uh, I love it, honestly, because I keep my personal and my sex, like my personal life and my work life very separate. And they're both fulfilling. Like I have my sex life that's not on camera. I have my love life that's not on camera. Um, and so it's nice to keep them separated so my porn career can still flourish and be really, really fun and it not have to feel like a job. So you're day. in a relationship? Uh, I am in a relationship, yes. Okay, but you ch you choose to hide the details of it from the uh, internet? No, 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 I, we're pretty open. Um, we met, uh, we've been together for over a year now, um, and he's going into producing, so he does movies. He also does uh, sex work as well for content, uh -huh. um, but he is, um, he's a really good visionary. So, so you really have to love. say for content to be like, not an escort. Yeah, not an escort, <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Because like there's so many different types of sex work even shipping a sex work mm. but do you um do you at this point in your life is escorting out of the question is that something that you look at as not kosher for what you're doing with yourself um not really it's not something that i do anymore so right what, what it's just not worth it money wise or it's uh, just i just don't want to meet random people anymore <laughs> i don't believe you this sounds scary as fuck to me uh yeah i feel like um i rub shoulders with like some of the like most, I guess, important men, like in politics and music and anything. So it's like, I don't even need to do that anymore. Mm. Uh, but of course it is a vital part of many people's lives. Right, yeah. So, okay, you're saying you spend time with all these uh, like important people and everything. Is, th is there like, uh, like a, a world out there in which, you know, like powerful guys, this is just like an overwhelmingly popular kink? For them, or I don't know if it's right to call it kink. <laughs> no, I feel like for them, kink is correct. Okay. I do think that it's a fetish. I think it's a kink. A lot of times, um, I've had people ask to like see me in public, and uh, not public and private, uh, that wouldn't see me in public. So I would say no. Right. But so, do you? Is that insulting, or is that something that you'd be kind of open to? Because we always say, like, you know, for for a girl, her pussy is her passport. <laughs> in the sense that, like, you want to go to Drake's house? Well, mm -hmm. if you're a good-looking girl, chances are your pussy is what's going to get you there. And yeah. a smart woman is going to kind of use those opportunities sparingly or intelligently yeah. and try to, like, you know, get into a position in life without necessarily just, like, giving away their value yeah, right exactly. away, right? I would say the same thing. So, like, uh, use what your mama gave you, but also you don't have to give it all up. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because, uh, okay, so the, the other day, uh, one of the people who was on the trans panel, like, as soon as she, like, was in a moment where nobody was listening, she just wanted to tell me, some super famous guy that she had been contacted by on yeah. Instagram or whatever. Is there kind of a thrill about that? Uh, I feel like once you've been around enough um, famous guys, they're all the same. <laughs> really? They're all the same? What? They're just full it's of like, themselves? They just have money. They just honestly. want pleasure? Uh, no, they're not full of themselves. There's been a lot of really, really nice guys out there. Okay. Uh, but it's like, 
they want the same thing. They want a good time. And it's not even sexual sometimes, just hanging out, just like they just want to live life just like everyone else. And like having that status, I would say that most people who don't have status give them like that thrill and that like importance when it's they really are just normal people. Right. Interesting. So, okay, but if you hook up with someone mm -hmm. who you assume or know that they don't want this to become part of the public record. Mm -hmm. Are you just going to honor that forever? Or is it kind of like up in the air? Like you can uh, just talk about it if I you feel, feel like, like it. I wouldn't want anyone talking about my business either. Right. Uh, so I feel like at the end of the day, um, at least run it by them. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so too. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. Where, where can you take this career from here like are you just working for the studios or are you at a point in your life where you're mostly doing your own thing and do you have like plans on sort of like building your own like a lot of girls have like sites that are like kind of they produce mm -hmm. all sorts of different content under their own brand name like what, yeah. what, do, you, what do you so think? um since i turned down the offer from one of the agencies i really want to start my own and call it rose royals mm. uh that is specifically for trans women um, and then started my own production company called Rose Royalties Productions. It's like one of my biggest dreams. Uh, and I think that there's just like a lot of blank space in the porn world that trans girls aren't getting the care that they need or the attention. Mm. And that there are some studios that um, just haven't explored some of the things in the acting that trans girls can do. Um, like I said, that my my boyfriend does uh, producers. He's a producer. Um, and so like his whole thing is creating movies and that's like one of my biggest goals too is, is to go into mainstream really yeah interesting because cool, cool. uh, does that all of a sudden feel like a real possibility for a, a trans woman like yourself because there's just like a bunch of different examples of that popping up in mainstream culture that i don't think really existed like five years ago maybe even? yeah exactly um i don't like like um what's the word relying on like identity politics but the good thing about nowadays is there's a lot more acting roles for trans individuals, both men and women, mm. and stories that people are more apt to like listening to. Right. Yeah. Because if it's like if you want to do innovative storytelling at this point, I mean, it's clearly something that people are interested in. Mm -hmm. You watched all of Euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's never anything cool about being a grown man talking about watching <laughs> Euphoria, which I love. <laughs> but I do. I kind of feel like the subtext of the show is like. We're gonna make you love this trans character in the show. Oh, and meanwhile, she became the most hated bitch ever. Okay, well, maybe towards the end. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I just like myself, I, I felt like that was almost the mission of the show is like, even if you don't think that you fuck with trans people, we're gonna kind of show you what their life might be like. And the the person they cast just like did such a crazy job to me of yeah. just seeming so likable and lovable. Besides yeah. Yeah, any and kind of season one, she was very, plot very twist. Yeah. 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 I forgot yeah, that that was like an outdated uh, take on the show. Now that I've seen <laughs> season two. Yeah. But, um, okay. So like, have you had those kind of conversations about doing the, the more mainstream type of stuff or how do you even go about getting into that? Yeah. It's uh it's still a struggle because of the porn background, but mm. I, love that like netflix and amazon prime and all these other things like they're not backed up by like nbc or fox or any of these things where like they have to have like a good person like a good like all-american no porn background mm. uh and now i feel like i mean like cardi b and all of them have their own shows and like you can probably find their pornos on x videos <laughs> yeah no definitely yeah i think about that all the time <laughs> like or even uh chloe cherry oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
yeah, anyway, for sure. I, I shot with her with Lena back in the day, way before Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Like nothing really like stood out to me that crazy yeah. about it. And then all of a sudden she's in this position, and uh, because she got the role in Euphoria, yeah, frame there's a lot seen of porn stars in Euphoria. Actually, I think like there's like four other ones that aren't really big. Yeah, some of the guys too. Yeah, but then I remember. Uh, that like then she blew up and like Lena was telling me that she was on this podcast and that she was talking about why she stopped doing porn and she was just like, well you know now I'm doing this like Louis Vuitton ambassadorship and like she's just making like absurd amounts of money I assume off yeah. of just doing this kind of stuff so she fell back on it but I don't know it is kind of trippy to have someone just be like a really popular actress who comes from porn mm -hmm. and it's a topic of conversation but it doesn't feel like it's like the only yeah, topic of conversation like their, right their rise to fame like their other things that um, amount to their success. Yeah, whereas like Kim Kardashian like became famous from one from sex, sex tape, tape <laughs> which is like in retrospect kind of crazy. Doesn't yeah. really seem like it would have happened the same way today. Mm -hmm. We're all a little too jaded. Not, 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 not at all. It's so different because I think it was so like taboo and I can only imagine Chris saying like, we have to use this now. Yeah. No, she's a marketing genius. <laughs> no, but, I, but when I was in, I was, when I was there at the AVNs, I saw Ray J one night oh my God, and, really? and he oh, goes, shit. you here for AVN? I'm like, yeah, he goes, I've been nominated twice. <laughs> First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but you weren't a, really a willing participant in it, were right. you? Yeah, or it, it's release at the, the very least. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So five years ago, six years ago, the trans thing was like barely in the public consciousness, and now it feels like it's constantly in the conversation, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like this right wing football that they just throw around. Like, hey, pay attention to this. You'll you'll be entranced <laughs> by this. Don't talk about anything else. Let's just talk about this trans thing over and over. It's kind of fucking weird. Yeah. How does it feel to have your identity just constantly being like the thing that they're discussing on Fox News or whatever? Exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> I say this every day. I hate being in the middle of every conversation, mm. but it doesn't even like it's. All of a sudden, it's just thrown here and thrown there. Like, I feel like everyone got along, like, more back in the 2010s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like um, even I feel like no one really mentioned that I was trans at the beginning of my transition. So it was very different. Um, I, I'm hoping that we're going in the right direction today. Uh, I can't say that we are not. Mm. But... Um, there's a lot of changes happening. But when it's I so even crazy. when we we're uh, scheduling that trans panel, I kind of <laughs> mentioned it to you, like, would you be interested in coming on it or whatever? Because we we're scheduling this, yeah. and you were kind of like, eh, like I don't think so. Like, is there? Are you not mega political or not interested in necessarily making that part of the public discourse around you? Yeah, I wouldn't like dive into like my political beliefs, but um, I'd say that I'm very. I wouldn't even say I'm a centrist. I feel like I'm equalist. Mm. I feel like it's all semantics. 
topics, but um, I was uh, agreeing with like what Alessa was saying, and then also with Blair, um, and then of course Buck Angel's an icon. Um, yeah. I always love him, uh, and he's been around forever. Mm. So it's been, um, yeah. I just feel like nowadays there's so many, there's so much information, and there's so many polarizing information in groups. Especially on TikTok. I would definitely blame TikTok for the rise of everything. Yeah, no, definitely. But And, and does it kind of feel like it, there's this, like, expectation that you're supposed to, like, be in the mix of having these conversations all the oh, time? And, sure. and you're just kind of, like, not that interested? <laughs> yeah, or, like, um, supposed to take a side or, like, be, like, left, um, like, liberal or left, like, leaning um, even though I think that there's a lot of infighting within the trans community mm. that most people don't talk about. Um, the trans umbrella is really big and I feel like cisgendered people like you like, and everyone doesn't really understand the differences because there's never been definitions laid out for everybody. Um, like I wouldn't consider myself transgender. I'd be a transsexual because I'm specifically altering my body to live as my sex, mm. uh, like, which is female. Um, and I feel like there's always like, um, an argument like trans women aren't women because women are this. And I'm like, trans women are trans women and cis women are cis women. I think that we're so used to saying that women are, um, that cis women are women without the prefix, but, um, trans women can never be a cis woman such as a cis woman can never be a trans girl. We're both two sides of the same coin of womanhood. We both experience sexism. We both experience um, everything that has to do with a woman besides bleeding and having a baby and also having a childhood as a girl. Um, and I think that most binary trans women like me, um, we're not delusional and we don't, we know who we are as people. Mm. Like we lived our life as children, as like a little boy and then grew up. Some of us transitioned sooner, some of us transitioned later, but at the end of the day, I feel like, um, we, we live our lives and you can't say that we are men, but a lot of us want to assimilate into culture. Well, because I think one of the things that gets the biggest reaction from people on the right or even people in the middle is just the slogan trans women are women, which yeah. people love to tweet that alone. <laughs> and it's like, listen, for all functional purposes, I I agree and I would absolutely treat every trans person that I know for the rest <laughs> of my life as their preferred gender yeah. and everything. But this that as like a political catchphrase, it's, it's the worst. Actually. It seems a little weird because so many really people is. are just kind of like repelled away from it because right. they're just like, well, okay, like we'll treat you that way, but that is not technically accurate, right? This yeah. is a little bit of an oversimplification. And that's why I also say uh, a woman and female are two different things. Even though a woman is a, a, a female woman or something like that or a female individual. I forget what the definition is. But I feel like woman is social and then female is biological. Mm. So trans women, we all know that we are biologically male, but we're socially women. And I, like, I feel like the discourse around that, that most people are like, oh, you're a man. And everything, it's like we we know what we are deep inside, but like if I go out into the real world and no one's gonna, I'm gonna take off my makeup, I'll take off my hair extensions, uh, I'll wear like I'll wear sweats and like a hoodie and have my hair up. And mm. no one's gonna think that I'm a man. I just live my life as a woman every single day without even trying, like many of us do. Yeah, is that almost kind of weird? Because I could imagine like you living next door to your neighbors for like long periods <laughs> of time and they never have any fucking clue. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden something happens that they get like tipped off. They, like, like see I, through the window, like me like walking around naked. And they're like, oh my God. Yeah, like, or, or like a, never mind a Google search uh, or something. And well, then they're, yeah. Honestly, it happens so many times. I was getting my makeup done for a trans scene and my makeup artist doing my makeup. And then like I was talking about like my dick. And then the artist was just like, Oh, you're the trans model, and I'm like, 
Yeah. Hi. <laughs> because like people just don't know. Right. Um, and also I think that it's not only just like the surgery you had because I was still a passable before, but also just like the feminine energy and just like when you walk into the room, there's no like question about like, oh, I'm this a man, is that a woman, is that any of that. I think that is just very natural. Right. So when it comes to passing, because that was another thing I was interested <laughs> yeah. in the conversation uh, during that panel. Yeah. It's like on one hand, I feel like some trans people seem kind of like allergic to the idea of really like judging each other fundamentally based on how passing they are. Yeah. But then there's also like the we spa thing that they brought up as an example where it's like if you are making no attempt to pass, then you certainly shouldn't be entering into women's spaces Back. and just to freak people yeah. out, you know, so it's like. How how is that like sort of graded? And is there that like weird thing where like you you want to pass and you want to like uh, let other people know that you feel like they're passing, but then at the same time, is there's something kind of ugly about like acknowledging it too much? Huh? Oh, you're talking like clocking, like kind of like that. Uh, so, sure. Okay. Yeah. So pass clock. I might be using I, my yeah, words wrong here. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, <laughs> clocking is like someone acknowledging it, and the passing is like if you pass or not. But uh, okay. uh, so I would say I, I would say that I'm as much as a woman as my first time taking my estrogen as I am today. But the social construct and my perception is very different. So I feel like a lot of times, like, oh, don't misgender somebody. It's like, it's, sometimes it's not your fault if you just perceive them that way. Mm. Um, so I would say that um, I can be misperceived. Uh, so if you misperceive me as a man, like at the beginning of my transition, I don't think it's any fault of yours. But if you, if I say I'm like, hey, can you, I? I'd rather go by she/her, uh, like I'm trying, you know, my hardest. And if you still want to call me a man, then that's misgendering. Misgendering. That's like an asshole thing to do. Yeah. But if someone's really trying, if they're trying to like live their 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 life as their preferred gender, and this is taking non-binary out of the question, this mm. is talking about binary trans women and men. Um, I do think that like it is our duty to mention that but not in a weird way and like oh by the way I, I just want to use she her pronouns or he him instead of saying you have to call me this because the hostility and that aggressiveness doesn't get anywhere and it just creates a barrier that now nobody's gonna get along mm. um but the world has gone around for so long trans people have been around for a very long time but still um being a minority i think that a lot of times you have to speak up for yourself but not in a hostile way Right. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> definitely. So, okay. A lot of people probably want to know. Well, I can inform <laughs> you. Yes, she still has a penis. You already mentioned it multiple <laughs> times. Is there any part of you that wants to say goodbye and cancel that out of your life? Or is it you're just rocking with it for life? Uh, so I had my balls cut off. Uh, yeah, back in 2017. I was on Daily Mail for it, too. Wow, so. I did not know this was a thing. Yeah, okay. it's called an orchiectomy. So I was taking spiractylone, which is a testosterone blocker. And it was giving me, like, the worst pain, like, neck pain, back pain. I felt so dry. Uh, my joints were hurting. So I was like, you know what? Let me just cut them off. So um, I had them removed to really help with my like stability, my hormonal, um, to keep it all even and stable. Um, and so I don't have to take testosterone blockers. I just take my estrogen, uh, my progesterone, uh, which helps with breast growth and your libido, mm. uh, and then a couple of other things. So, really? Yeah. Wow. That's dope. But um, at the end of the day, I would, I would keep it because especially like... I'm strictly bisexual. I love men and women. Uh, so I just, I like having But it. so no balls <laughs> equals no cum. No, I can still cum. Oh, <laughs> less? It's crazy. So a biology lesson. So oh. your balls, I think your balls have the sperm 
and then right. your prostate has the semen. Okay. So the, it's the white stuff and the clear stuff. So that's why if you come and it stays there for like 10 minutes, it just turns clear because the sperm's dead. So the liquid, so it literally comes, it's like honey almost. It's like super sticky. It's like glue. I feel like I should know more about what my own body is doing. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. So, um, no, I still orgasm. I still have everything. It's it's honestly having my balls removed is more of a um, aesthetic thing. I feel like it's more of a female orgasm. Honestly, I don't know. Really, uh, but it's more full body. I can feel it in my face. I can feel it in my like my toe. It's like full body is crazy. Wow. And then also, I feel like it's instead of one and done, it can go back to back. Really. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> wow, technology. That's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, but so these are a couple of tweets. I saw this one tweet I thought was interesting on your uh, page. You mm -hmm. said, keeping a healthy personal off-camera sex mm -hmm. life is so important, y'all. I don't fuck unless there's a camera. It's so unhealthy and not a flex. Please see a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I really agree with this a lot because yeah. I have a lot of conversations on here where I'm trying to get girls to like talk about their actual sexual desires. Mm -hmm. Because that's probably going to engage the people at home. And it's like they have nothing to comment on besides what they've done on camera. <laughs> which is dope for sure. Yeah. But it's just kind of really like obviously not the same thing, yeah. right? It's like what do you do at, how, at your home versus what do you do at like an office job? It's like yeah. completely different things. Yeah. So um, they do overlap a lot. But it's uh, sex is just always better off camera. Mm. As much as I love an audience. Um, off camera, you don't have to open up. You can just really enjoy. You can do some freaky shit. Um, I remember at one time uh, I was with this. Uh, she's really, really freaky. But uh, she was literally like jacking me off and then like licking inside my nose. And I literally felt like I was having like a brain orgasm. Inside the nose. Yeah, it was really, wow. really weird. <laughs> like I would never do that on camera. I feel like it wasn't until like my like late thirties where I really figured out how to like take time having sex. Yes, oh, that's the best. <laughs> like I tell my girl, I'm like, we gotta like schedule an hour tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, like really just chill and like just allow it to happen nice and slowly. That's like what you you've only, like earned that by being with somebody yeah. for a long time, like feeling yeah, like a hundred percent comfortable. Yeah, you don't have to prep like the pop shot and everything. It just can just happen naturally. It's oh yeah. Good. I mean, on camera, I like it because like <laughs> fucking on camera. Aside from the fact that I gotta hit that ten minute mark for OnlyFans, right. she, if I do nine fifty nine, she will scold me, yeah. and I'll be like, bro, add at the end. Of the final cut timeline, put it put your your at for like two <laughs> seconds, and it's gonna look like the Stay clip out. is ten minutes, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun, but it's not. It's it's very different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's I way more sensual. I haven't had an off camera threesome in multiple years. Holy and sometimes I just like I'm like it would be weird to do this without a camera in my hand again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and plus, yeah, you are holding the camera. Like, I don't really hold it, so it's much different for guys and girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not always holding it. So yeah. definitely when there's a cameraman, I like it more, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because there's like every angle, it's nice. There's like four angles that work if you're <laughs> filming with your hand. Yeah. Like, with your hand, there's just very few, <laughs> like, things that actually look good. And there's a lot of sex positions that everybody likes doing that are basically not existent if yeah, you're filming it sure. yourself. Yeah, Oh, my God. Plus, like, the leg away and everything like that and, like, going under. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> All right. This is the other tweet I saw that I wanted to mention. You said, after an analysis of the porn I watch, I am indeed a... F slur, which you you edited it out <laughs> yourself. Um, oh, and so my, that's your your taste. And everyone, I'm, everyone's agreeing. Like every girl on there is just like you, same, same, same. Because I'm like, 
I don't know. Uh, so Kendra Lust was my sexual awakening. Mm. Um, in 2020, I was so like, I was still scared of women of like, oh, I want to be you versus like, I want to be with you. And I asked her because she is, oh, she's so hot. Um, <laughs> she, I was like, can you teach me how to eat pussy? And she's like, sure. And taught me and it was like, oh, it was so kinky. It was so hot. And so ever since then, I feel like that confidence just really blew up my career too um because it's just been it's just so nice so now a lot of my porn that i watch like even like i said pov anal i like it when i watch like a cis girl get fucked in her ass i don't know i don't know why i just does something for really? me so you, it's like it's like naughtier but like, that's the least <laughs> f slur thing that i could imagine you watching yeah, i know but also plus like the women like licking everything i love a girl with a strap on Cause like there's only so much girls can eat pussy, but like the strap on, it's just so hot to sing everything. <laughs> right, <laughs> definitely. So okay, where are you at in your life at this point? Like, what what, do you, what is important to you? What are you trying to really accomplish in terms of like the coming year or years? You're still like very early in your career. I'm I was very, very surprised. Yeah. yeah, I'm still a baby. Mm. <laughs> um, so after winning the AVN Performer of the Year and then also Expos Performer of the Year back to back. Oh, wow. um, I feel, yeah, I'm so happy. So... Um, I can finally feel like I'm still gonna go really hard on porn, but I don't have to um, work so hard. I feel like in LA, I really want to start self-directing my work and um, start going on streaming, uh, Twitch and stuff like that. But mm. just start creating more like artistic and like just sexy films instead of just porn. Like this is a scene and this is a scene. I really want to make like a porn movie mm. that would just be super hot, especially through like my agency and through my production studio that I'm creating. Uh, I just think that it would just be so great. But the next few years, I want to go more into directing, uh, managing girls, and just creating like just a really fucking hot, awesome team mm. of women who just like know how to work with the camera, are good, and also just make something better that's just... I adore Vixen Media Group. I love how much they put in their stories, their sets, everything. It just looks beautiful, and that's what I want to do. Mm, definitely. Oh, it's dope to hear, for sure. You're still young. You have plenty of time. Yeah. And if you just started winning awards, I feel like yeah, you, yeah that's I'm like, just not hitting my stride. You have a whole like segment of your life to come after all this for yeah. sure. Yeah, because I'm always trying to tell my girl like it's tempting to judge yourself based on your OnlyFans earnings. Yeah, but that that just doesn't encompass everything that you could potentially be doing oh, yeah, in sure. life. Because it's as a YouTuber, it's kind of tempting like that too to yeah. like pay attention to how much money you're making from YouTube and not pay attention to the entirety of your business. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, because it's like your bread and butter, like your most stable thing is like OnlyFans. I feel like, and then everything else can kind of ebb and flow. Yeah. Um. So it's just it the easiest be... <laughs> to look at. It's yeah, just exactly. the most fun it's, it's set up. <laughs> Whereas like if you had like another income stream like let's say you owned a restaurant and you wanted to like know how it was doing well you could get like everything just like your your accountant could give you like a report here and there but it's not going to be as easy as just like only fans flip like just refreshing it you know it's it's too easy to look at that's why you have to hold back and not yeah um okay shit well thanks for coming on the show awesome thank you appreciate it uh yeah anybody you want to thank anybody you want to shout out uh especially my boyfriend short daddy um my team and um i don't know i feel like that's really the biggest people except for like i guess my dad too <laughs> but um thank you so much for having me on here for sure it's an honor i appreciate it thanks thanks so much emma rose check her out i'm sure you know where to search yeah. oh it's emma rose it's out there no jumper coolest podcast in the world check us on youtube tiktok patreon slash only fans instagram etc like comment subscribe we out